Hey, it's your girl Ashley Easton, founder of the Amateur Expert brand, and you're not going to believe what we have coming up for you next. Ooh, tell me more. Hello, 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 everybody. It's your girl Ashley, the Amateur Expert, coming to you live for this episode of Talk Tuesday. Super excited to be back with you this week. Going to be talking to Rob, who is an musician, a producer, an artist, and just super excited to have another creative with us in the building. If this is your first time joining, welcome. Thank you for being here. And um, so this is a podcast, right? And we talk about career, we talk about success, we talk about tips and motivators uh, to keep you going. And it's my hope that by you listening to our guest stories every week that you are truly inspired. And Rob is here with us and I'm excited for you to hear his story and be inspired by him. So let me invite him in the room to chat. Hey Rob. Yo yo, what's going on? How are you? Welcome to the Amateur Expert Podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, so let's let's jump in. Mm-hmm. How are you today? Can you tell us who you are and what you are doing currently for work? Yes. So uh, my name is Robert Casey. That's my first and middle name. Um, I'm originally from Indianapolis by way of Florida as well, the Orlando area. I'm in LA now. Um, as of right now, I'm majority doing engineer work. I'm also a producer, musician, uh, photographer. I do a lot of different things. And here at the Amateur Expert Podcast, we love a multi-hyphenate, okay? We don't just do one thing, we do all of the things and we do them well. Okay, so tell me this, Rob, when you were younger, what did you wanna be when you grew up and what was the motivating factor behind that? Wow, so when I was young, I actually wanted to be a pilot. So yeah, I wanted to be a pilot. I had like an obsession with airplanes. So uh, I remember I was four years old, my mom actually took me to fly. So no the first time I flew a plane was when I was four. What? So like in yeah. a simulator or like you were really No, I was in a plane. That yeah. is amazing. It, of course it was me and the co-pilot, but um it was a life-changing experience. Like I I remember being up there. I remember the plane, it was like a Cessna small plane. Uh I think it was like a 172. Um pilot actually let me turn the plane around no way to go back to land yeah so um yeah but when i was young i wanted to be a pilot um my second home is virginia beach and for anybody who's from like the dmv slash 757 area you know that's like all military Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i always saw jets flying over different military planes my grandmother had uh books on airplanes so i wanted to be a, a pilot when i was young Halloween, I would dress up like a pilot, you know, things like that. But um, I got introduced to music when I was maybe six or seven. Like I started playing drums in the church. Mm, Uh, My best friend uh, at the time, he was a drummer. He was the drummer for the church. So he was like a year and a half, two years older than me. So I sat Mm -hmm. behind him uh, and I would watch him. And that's how I became a musician. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And so when you said it was a life-changing experience, I was like, well, maybe it scared him. And then he was like, nah, man, I don't want to do it anymore. But it sounded like it was out of this world, something that you obviously will never, ever forget. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so tell us how you journeyed from being a drummer at the church to now being um, a full-fledged artist and a full-fledged musician and producer and doing audio engineering. Um, what was that? What was that plan like? Did you were you intentional in, in your steps? Um. All right. So I'm gonna be honest. In school, I was terrible. I made like straight Fs. No. Yes, that if that would be a thing, it was a thing. I made straight Fs in school. And I think it wasn't due to like academic, it was due to just me not being interested. Mm-hmm. Like okay. I did excellent on all my tests and everything, but I just hated homework. Mm-hmm. I hated the, com- the concept of homework. Yeah. Like going home to do more school. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I, Yeah, I it doesn't really it. make sense. I get it. No, get it's it. like I spend seven hours here and then I got to go home and do more school. No, I'm watching Dragon Ball Z. Like I'm, you know what I mean? So I was <laughs> chilling, but it caught up with me because it got me to a point where I ended up failing the seventh grade mm-hmm. and the fourth grade. Okay. So, but it, it, it caught up with me. But high school is when it really, I want to say eighth grade more so, but especially high school. Eighth grade um, is when I figured out like, okay, I think I want to do music. And I had friends around me who produced and things like that. And once high school came, I went to a school where they, it it was different. I needed to go to a different school, but the school basically focused more so on getting the students a head start when it came to uh, their career choice. Okay. So I was in school Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Tuesday and Thursday, the students were out interning within whatever field they wanted to pursue. Yeah, it was amazing. And I I thank God for it because I don't know what I'd be doing right now if I went to a traditional high school, but it was cool too because the the classes were a lot smaller. only up to like maybe 15 students per class. You mm-hmm. pretty much had one person, which they call an advisor. Yeah. Uh, you had one person that you worked alongside all four years. You had students there that were graduating high school in two years because you they allowed you to work at your own pace. Mm, so okay. if you took a class and you were done and you took it in like a week, it was like, cool, move on to the next versus going from class to class and right, things right, like that. Right. So um, I went there. At first, I didn't want to go, but my mom was like, yo, look, they got free tuition. You going to school. <laughs> well, you know okay, I mean? so so real quick, that's the same exact thing that happened to me. I got a, really? full, I got a full, similar, I got a full ride to this school. And my mom was like, there's no way you're not going. And I was like, but I don't want to. It's for uh, all girls Catholic high school. I was not interested. But wow. totally changed my life, right? And so mm-hmm. to your point, our m- moms, we know it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all the time, most of the yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> but for real. go ahead. That's for so, real. tell me this: What were when you were you had the opportunity to intern? What were some of the things that you did? So, at first, I was like, "Okay, I'm an intern at an airport." I don't know how, but I'm like, you know, I want to intern at an airport. Maybe see if I can get a head start with flying. Yeah, and that just didn't really work out. Like, mm. it was almost like we had, like we don't know, for one, you're a freshman in high school. What are we going to yeah. really do with you? But you also, did I mean? you let them know that you've been flying planes since you were four? That would have been my story. 
Well, that was the first and only time that I had, like, I should have said that, actually. Should have been like, look, I've been flying since I was four. I probably got more experience than you. That's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me up in here. But no, nah, they didn't know what to do with me. So I was like, okay, this isn't working out. Uh, but so I turned back to music was like, okay, what can I do? What do I have an interest in to where I could possibly like intern? So my next thought was radio. Mm-hmm. Like I had always had a fascination with radio from okay. since I was young. And so um, I started interning at, um, I tried to get in with radio one. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it was sort of the same thing. The lady at radio one, it was a, a older Caucasian lady. And she was just like, God, you're just too young. And I don't want to be responsible and things like that. But they would still <laughs> sneak me in and let me record commercials and things like that. But okay. then I got in with MS Communications, which they have stations all over the country, but their their headquarters was in Indianapolis. And so uh, I started interning there. Um, I worked along the production director there, did commercial bartering, did commercials, things like that. Um, and then I ended up uh, becoming the program director for a online radio station in high school. Nice. Yeah. And so they were a black owned magazine company. And he was like, look, we heard about you at uh, MS Communications. We're starting our own station. It's online. We are a black publication. We like to highlight businesses that are doing really well and entrepreneurs that are doing really well in the city. I was like, okay, cool. And so they allowed me to be the program director to create the time slots in terms of which would play at what time. Um, and then I started my own radio show when I was 16. Look at you. And so, okay. yeah, I think I just got tired of people telling me no, and I'm too young and you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I started my own radio show when I was 16, um, did that for about a year. And from there, also in high school, I, I learned music production from a friend who made beats there. I had a studio at the school. So that was another selling factor. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going into school. And so that's how it all started. I love that. And then so we talked a little bit earlier um, offline, but then you, you decided to go to Full Sail. And mm-hmm. so how did you make that decision in regards to um, college choice? Well, for one, I always had this feeling of like, I'm not going to be in this city. Like, because for one, I felt like where the city was versus where I was mentally and most people around me, I had Mm. to sort of hide what I did Mm. because people either didn't believe that I was doing some of the things or they didn't understand like that world to where it was like, well, don't you want to be like a doctor or a lawyer or something? Like what's it being a musician or producer or just the entertainment world was like fictional. It was like fantasy. That's okay. that movies. That's in the movie stuff. Right. It's not like a reality. How is it going to work for you? Right. What's your plan B? Mm-hmm. What's your plan C? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, so like, what's okay, your plan well, A realistically? Because what you're thinking isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was, the vibe was just super weird. And I'm like, I need to get out of here for one. Um, I want to go somewhere where it's much more diverse. I want to be able to learn from different people, different cultures, 
experience new things. And so I heard about Full Sail and I was like, hmm, it's in Orlando. I've only been to Florida once. I, I mean, I was in Miami, but I'm like, okay, check out Orlando. Went down there like that July, went on a tour. It was amazing. Like looking, looking for different apartments. I'm like, okay, I think this is the move. And so, uh, yeah, but it's interesting. Um, the people who found out I was going to full sale, everybody was congratulating me heavy, but it was, the congratulations was weird. Almost like I, I got a deal or something. Oh. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, you made it. Congratulations, man. It was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm just going to college. But oh, you're going to full sale. And it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. I am. But people went into it with this mindset of like, I'm going to full sale. I got a record deal. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, oh, I am okay. a full time producer now. Like, I am an artist. I'm going to full sale. And so in, you get down there. And was, yeah. All right. So initially, when this was the dream, this is what you wanted to do. It was like, no way you can't make it. It's not going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I've got into full sale and it's like, Oh, he made it. Yeah. Did but you feel like there was a, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, but it's funny. Just people looked at me getting into full sale and going like, like, yo, you got a deal. Like you're signed, you're on your way to the top. And it's, it's not like that. But what, what was your question? I was just wondering if you felt like an added pressure um, because of people's perception. No, I think because I, that was their perception. It wasn't mine. Mm -hmm. Like I knew what it was. It's like, okay, this is college. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I got down there and it was a completely different thing. And I, I think people had much more of a, a shock to what it was than I did. But for me, it was still kind of like, my shock was a little different. I think my shock to full sale was like, I already knew a lot going into it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But full sale felt like, especially the first day of class, it felt like, and for anybody who's on here, I just want to see uh, who's on here. But for anybody who has gone to full sale could probably attest to this. Um, it felt like, most of the people who went down there woke up that morning and said, you know what? I want to do music. Really? I don't know anything about music or this thing, but five minutes ago, I just decided I want to do this and I'm going to go to full sale. So that means their it marketing the, team must be amazing because they oh, fell it's, in the streets. <laughs> you said it, but that's exactly what people were saying. This is no knock to full sale at all. I think people just needed to understand like what you're getting into. Although like a lot of people thought one thing, but it's like, it's not what you think it is. Like, so I remember people, I remember meeting people who were like, yo, it's my friend. <laughs> you meet a lot of, a lot of people who want to be artists going down there, which is cool, but mm -hmm they went into it with this mindset of like, I'm going to school. And at the same time, I'm going to record my, my album at the school. You know, I'm going to be the next hottest thing. And it's like, yo, this is, keep in mind, this is, this is college. You yeah, know? So they, and, they had the wrong mindset for sure. Yeah. Like I remember meeting people who were just moving down there and they hadn't even started class yet. They started maybe like that next week. And they're like, yo, so, 
when am I going to get a chance to go down there and record my album? And I'm like, you're probably not. You know, if you want to record your album, you do that in your apartment. But keep in mind, this is this college. But and also, you met I met a lot of people down there who, again, just didn't know anything. You know, mm-hmm. like simple things in regards to audio engineering or music. They just had no idea, and it was like, wow, this is this is interesting. And I remember when I left class that day. And people who had been there for, you know, three and four months already were like, hey, so how was your first day? And I told them and they were like, let me tell you this. That's exactly my experience. And I'm going to tell you, you may be starting with 100 people, but by the time you graduate, it's probably going to be about seven to 10 of you. And that's exactly what happened. And I think that's a that's a good point just for, I think, all things in life. Right. I think a lot of times, especially I think this generation, we go into th- or the younger generation, um, mm-hmm. they go, they have a mindset sort of like, I think they call it like the microwave, right? Like, uh, this is what I want. I'm here. I'm going to, I'm just going to go get it. But in reality, you have to learn the fundamentals. You have to, you know, be able to, to do an arrangement before you can be the producer or be the artist, right? Or you should know Mm -hmm. all of the steps of it. And so I wonder um, if you can share with me. So I forgot to ask you earlier, but when you were younger, what was your idea of success? And then what is your Mm -hmm. idea of success today? And sort of um, has it, or not sort of, has it changed? And if so, why? When I was younger, I don't even think I thought that far. I think when I first started thinking about success was like high school because I was doing a lot. I was, I had like a clothing line for a minute. I was designing clothes. I, you know, I had this radio show and um, was working in radio. I was traveling in high school. Like I was Mm -hmm. going from this event to this event. Like we were, uh, the company I was interning with, you know, it was like family. So we, we were in this city covering this event. And then we were in DC covering the inauguration. We were, you know, doing this and that. So high school for me was a little different, but at that time, I, I think I got to see success, especially thanks to this particular, uh, magazine magazine is called amps magazine. Um, uh, and so, I'm grateful for that opportunity because it allowed me to see successful people, especially mm-hmm. black successful people mm-hmm. all the time. And so, so when you say successful people, what did like, how did, what was your definition of that? Right. So mm-hmm. what were you seeing or how did you, why, what made you define right. that or them as success, a success? Well, if the cool thing is we got to interview and talk to different people. So, you know, we talked to guys who like had a car dealership in the city, mm-hmm. you know, they owned a Chevy dealership or this person owned this restaurant, you mm-hmm. know, and this person uh, was a political figure in the city. And, you know, so mm-hmm. we got to, I got to talk to and meet different business owners and club owners and restaurant owners, dealership owners and uh, barbershop owners, yeah. beauty, you know, beauty shop owners and, uh, each issue we put out, we also featured a local artist, nice. you know, who was doing music throughout the city. And so uh, I guess I had a, a, 
sort of a myriad of different people that I got a chance to see. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I ended up being the 16 year old kid in the club, mm-hmm. you know, working a 25 and over, uh, you know, event, you know, mm-hmm. networking events or club parties. So <laughs> I remember trying to look older and dress a little older, <laughs> you know, trying to fit in, but you know, yeah. I remember people being like, yo, who's, who's the kid? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, he's with me, you know, you know, this and that. And, yeah. you know, we're, I'm setting up chocolate and strawberries because that was like the theme of some of the parties, you know, and things like that. But like having a vest on, trying to look older, you know, what I mean? it, was, it was interesting. But I got a chance to really um, I think that was sort of my first look at like, OK, like this is cool. And, and yeah. I feel motivated and inspired to do more because mm-hmm. you know, okay. at that time I heard so many no's. I heard a lot of no, you're too young. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. seeing all these different people, I think that really gave me the spark to like, no, nah, there's, there's no age limit. Like I can do whatever I want at That's dope. whatever age I want. Yeah. That's dope. Okay. So now how are we defining success? How do you define hmm. success? I think success now it's more so it's, it's of course it's an internal thing versus like an external thing. It's like mm-hmm. whatever you set for yourself, like, Success for me is like uh, making sure financially uh, myself, my family, my wife, my future kids, they're not wanting for anything, Mm -hmm. you know. um, Also, especially here recently, I've been doing just a lot of self-reflection, understanding that, you know, you literally have to become a different person. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you have to die to so many different ways and habits yes. because, you know, I know for me, like God, especially this year has given me such a clear vision in terms of like, this is what I want you to do, but you cannot remain this person. You know, you, you have to evolve. And so for me, you know, I, I do a lot of like me versus myself. Mm, that's you know? um, and so success for me, I think, is just me accomplishing uh, any and everything I've set out to do. Yeah. You know, the whole full sale experience. I mean, I was over a decade now, but that changed so much in me. For one, it was, college was a very trying time, but it sort of shook up my world to where it was like, I ended up in the middle of it to where it's like, I don't know what I want to do now. I went into yeah. it feeling confident, like, oh, yeah. this is what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. But halfway through it, it was just like, like spinning in circles. Like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I want to yeah. do. And this is kind of scary. Like if they handed yeah. me my degree tomorrow and it's like, all right, go out there and be somebody. It'd be, I'd just be like, uh, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what I want to do, right. you know? But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting just evolving and trying to, you know, just figure out. I love life. that. Uh, yeah. me versus me, uh, is, is, is a really good way to put that. And so I wonder what is something that, you know, now that you wish you have known, you wish you had known sooner, uh, in your career. Mm. Okay. So. I'll say that this is for anybody who um, 
wants to start a business or is planning on starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'll say is definitely do as much homework as possible. Not homework. You don't like homework. But see, there it's <laughs> now. It's like okay. Well, it's like yeah. You have to. You have to. Right? Because if okay. not. And referencing homework again, life is pretty much school. And just because you're out of college doesn't mean you stop paying tuition, if you get what I mean. So yeah, it's like you have to you have to keep yourself educated. And now it's like I love learning. But you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a nerd. I watch documentaries, you know, I I know some of the most random stuff. Like uh I enjoy learning. Mm -hmm. But I think that's that's a big lesson I've learned is just stuff I wish I'd have known back then that I know now is like, look, do all the homework and research you can on certain things. A lot of people just dive into doing stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, you got legalities, you got all type of different things. And it's like, oh, you didn't know this? Oh, well, for one, the original fee was this. But because you didn't know it, guess yeah. what? There's another fee. There's that yeah. you should have known this fee. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, just, you know, for one, pray that God will put all the right people in your life and lead you and, you know, all that stuff, but also do your research, uh, continue to do your research in whatever field you're in, like, just be a nerd for whatever you're trying to go after. That's dope. Okay. So tell me, how do you motivate yourself? Um, and what tips can you give to folks who are, um, entering the entertainment industry or looking to be in uh, the music field, um, what what would you share with them? Um, how I motivate myself, um, I'm inspired by a lot of things around me. I'm inspired by certain people. I love, again, watching documentaries. Um, I love learning about things of old. Mm-hmm. I love seeing and learning about what used to be, or just, you know, whether it be classic record labels, whether it be, uh, you know, music documentaries. Um, I think that keeps me motivated. Uh, What I would say to anybody who's looking to get in it, of course, you and I both, we live in LA, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people come here trying to become whatever they have in mind to become. Um, I would say stay true to yourself. I feel like that's such an easy statement, but it's it's got a lot of depth to it mm-hmm. because you're going to be put in different circles. You're going to be put in different environments. That's really going to yeah. test um, how true you are to yourself. I've mm-hmm. seen people come here, especially, and become completely different people mm-hmm. and have gotten lost, Yeah, you know, and... You know, so I'll say also for anybody who wants to get into entertainment or whatever it be, have a specific plan. Have a destination, first of all. Um, Have a destination in in mind. Like, I'm trying to get from here to here. This is the end goal. Yeah. Without a destination, then you're you're just going to be running in circles, working just as hard as everybody else. Mm. But you're going to look around and see other people who have gotten further and you feel like, why am I still in the same spot? 
That's yeah, it. I mean, but figure out what your destination is and then put a plan together to figure out, okay, how am I going to get there? Like in LA, there's traffic is something you don't even need to speak about. It's a given, right? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I know I'm trying to get here, but our minds immediately go into, okay, cool. If I hop on the 405, it's going to be packed. All right. So what if I get off here, come around here, here's some side streets, get back on the 405 where it empties out for a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like figuring out a plan. You know where you're going though. Yes. I would say for anybody, know where you're going. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Mm, If you want to do multiple things, I remember hearing Tyler Perry say this, and this is for me too, because I do multiple things. I'm a drummer, I'm a bass player, you know, I'm a producer, I'm an audio engineer. uh, I do photography, I do a lot of different things. But I heard Tyler Perry say one time, like, focus on one thing. And at the time, I'm like, how? You know what I mean? (laughs) But I understood it later on, basically, Mm. what what that means is like, Push that one thing that you're trying to go after. Mm-hmm. Once that thing blows up for you, then mm-hmm. all the other doors for all the other stuff can happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that way you're not chasing after so many different things at one time because you're one person with 24 hours a day. You yeah. know what I mean? And so you don't want to burn yourself out. But I would say have a destination of mine, have a game plan, mm-hmm. physically write down your game plan because there is power in actually writing it down Um, and focus on that one thing, go after it. And then everything else will open up in due time. Those are some awesome tips. And what I would say to just add a little pizzazz to it is Mm -hmm. I was told, um, one time by actually my, uh, wean director, uh, this, entertainment uh, industry boot camp that I'd done over the summer, uh, she said to prepare for the, for the train. And so mm. to your point, have your destination in mind, um, but also know there is there could be traffic, right? And so know that you have to, sometimes you prepare for setbacks, um, but keep your mind on the clear vision, but also if if you know that the 405, just to keep in with your, um, with your, uh, what is it called? Analogy. Your analogy, thank you. Um, if you know the 405 is gonna have traffic at four o'clock, right? And you need to be somewhere at five, then maybe you need to leave at three. Mm-hmm. As opposed yeah. to thinking you don't have, thinking you have enough time and then you're late, right? And so I think God honors us when we, um, have our destination in mind and we write it down, but we maybe write it down in pencil or able like er- erasable ink so that we could, you know, have some amendments here and there because sometimes God is going to surely uh, keep us in alignment with his plan. And sometimes yeah. there's a little bit of a curve there, here and there. But Rob, that was some dope, dope, dope advice. And I'm about to replay this and write it down myself so I could keep myself in, in line. And to your point, even with that, like a lot of times we do have a plan, but don't allow um, revisions. Like, of course, we have a plan and then God's like, that's cool. But my plan is ultimately what's going to be. So 
although we may be headed to the destination, we're planning mm-hmm. on going straight too. But mm-hmm. God will have us and then go this way. And it's like, wait, but I'm going here, you know? Right. And it's like, well, you know, just don't don't allow his revisions to always search for, like if, if, if there's a door that doesn't open, mm-hmm. that's okay. Like it just means yeah. it's not for you. Um, you know, don't, don't let setbacks distract you from where you're going or discourage you because ultimately always look for God in those moments. I'm like, okay, what are you doing? Like for me, I worked a corporate job when I first got here to LA for three years and it came right on time. But once I looked up, it's like, okay, I'm ready to get out of this thing. But God kept me in it for a reason. Mm. You know what I mean? Did you come out and, here just for my own my own knowledge uh, and mm-hmm. probably some inspiration? Did you come out here for the job, or when you got here, you found that job, or that you know you were you got that job? So I came out here. Uh, there was somebody who uh, I was uh, working with, and we did this album. He did the album and. I uh, contributed production to it and it took off. It did very well. It was like, oh, shoot, people are really gravitating toward this. Let's do a full length album. It's like, okay, cool. So I ended up moving here mm-hmm. and we did a full length album. It did really, really well. Um, and so the plan was to be here and do music, but it's like, okay, savings is running out. When I first got to LA, uh, it was like January. It was January 2014. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get a job until October. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you can imagine just the dry spell in like yeah. the, the days where it's like, okay, I'm, I might miss a meal. But I didn't allow that to ever like, I never had the thought of like, oh, might need to go back home or might need to, you know what I mean? That never crossed yeah. my mind. Yeah. You know, so that job came. And so, you know, it, it was amazing. You know, I got paid more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a, a, a period of time, it was like, okay, I ended up doing sales. I never wanted to do sales, <laughs> but I got put in that boat and it was like, okay, this is starting to really get annoying. But you know, I had to change my mindset. Instead of thinking like I'm having to work this job, I had to think like, okay, I'm I'm making this job work for me. Mm-hmm. I'm solely being here. I'm solely here for the sake of paying my bills. Yeah, all extra money. I'm fueling the business. Love that. And so any any money that I made with my gifts, with music, whether I'm playing bass here tonight, whether I'm mixing this album whether I'm producing this song, all that money that I made, I put back into myself, put back into the business until, you know, God was like, all right, get everything you need because a door is about to close. And yeah. sure enough, I, I got the last bit of gear that I needed mm-hmm. and then I got fired. Wow. Yeah. And so, which was like the greatest day ever, <laughs> you know, and essentially, I got fired because I, I I took too many sick days and I really wasn't sick. I was just sick uh-huh. of being there. Yeah, and I mean, so, that's sick. 
It is. I was sick. Literally. I mean, literally. I, there was a time when L.A. Reid invited me to his house. And I had to try to finesse and figure out, okay, but I have to work that day. And I remember putting, you know, I took the call on the company phone. was like, hey, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, what time? Okay. All right, cool. No, I'll be there. And I hung up. And then I noticed my boss behind me, he hung up his phone at the same time. And oh. I'm like, I think he was just listening in. And I got so upset. And then literally, they wrote me up. He called me outside and was like, yeah, so you were using the company's phone for you know, personal business or whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, and just whatever you're, wherever you're going to, whatever that thing is, we'll see if we let you off to be there. Wow. I was like, yo, what? So in my That's mind, insane. I didn't even want to put in a vacation time to get off. I was going to call in sick. Because if I put in the time to get off, that gives yeah, them the chance to, to say, say no. no. Mm-hmm. So, but it was in those moments where in his his boss, my boss's boss, ended up giving me the green light. But that world compared to the entertainment world is night and day. Mm-hmm. They don't understand, like, you know, finally when they let me, then they start asking questions. So uh, who's this L.A. Reid guy? And I was like, um, he's a music executive, you know, legend. Sort of a big you know, deal. He's, yeah. <laughs> And he was like, so that's your thing, you know, that's your thing is music. And I'm like, you know, but they tried to make conversation afterwards. But, you know, in that moment, I, next thing you know, I'm in Ellie Reed's backyard, standing by his infinity pool with DJ Khaled behind me. You know, I'm at a table sitting, eating with Puff and Jamel, uh, Janelle Monae and, and uh, Kelly Rowland and a bunch of different people. And I'm supposed yeah. to be at work. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? And it's like the thought of like I'm supposed to be in a suit and tie making sales calls, but I'm I'm eating dinner with Puff right across from me. You know what you I mean? The right me and Puff and Janelle right Monet sitting at the table. <laughs> yeah. You made, you made so the right it, decision. It's moments like that that's like, okay, I don't know why you're showing me this. And mm. and I worked there almost another year before, mm. you know, before that job ended. But it was like, it was God putting that little thing right there. That's like, don't lose sight. Like, I got you. Um, make this job work for you. Make the sales. Like, get it. Find a way to get excited about making sales. And at the end of the day, that's going to put more money into your pocket. Put that yeah. sales money toward the music business. Let that be your motivation. You know what I mean? So get on the phone. Make those sales. Because those sales are going to pay for your music. Mm-hmm. And that's so, it. Yeah, that's it. And those are the stories that I love hearing because it is a grind, right? And you have to make those decisions. Am I going to show up to work, or am I going to, you know, accept this invitation, or am I, you know, going to grind out for this one period of time? And I'm, I don't know where my next meals are going to come from, right? But uh, we see you today as, you know, Rob doing all of this, right? You're up here, but there, it, it, it's a process and there was a climb. And so I appreciate you letting us in um, and, and, and sharing that, that part of your story with us. Um, and Definitely. so I love that you said that you're a nerd and it's, uh, it's so important to know um, a lot about your field and just, you know, just being inquisitive uh, altogether. 
And so the name of this podcast is the Amateur Expert Podcast. And it's because my mom told me when I was young that I need to know a little bit about a lot. And so I would love for you now, Rob, to share mm-hmm. with me uh, a random tidbit of information you just shared with us that you had, that you know a wealth of knowledge. And so give me something good, something juicy, something random as heck um, about maybe, I don't know, something that you learned in documentary or a Snapple fact, anything that I can, uh, I can say that Rob taught me. All right, I got one. So I actually met this individual uh, at Ellie Reed's house and had no idea who he was. I knew the name, but I didn't know it was him. And so I'm like, who is this old dude sitting in here? I'm I'm in the living room. I'm like, who is this old dude sitting in here on the couch by himself? I see people every now and then going up to him and saying hello and this and that, but he's sitting by himself the entire time. Mm-hmm. To the point where something in me was like, yo, go talk to this dude. But I, I didn't, okay. you know, but it wasn't until a couple of years later where a documentary came out called The Black Godfather on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's on the story of a man named Clarence Avon. And I'm like, that's the dude who was at Ellie Reed's house by himself no. on the couch. No way. And come to find out Clarence Avon once I did my research on him and saw the documentary, this dude is responsible for almost everything black in entertainment. <laughs> really? Like for real. I don't know if you've seen the documentary. I haven't seen it. I've I've heard of him, but mm-hmm. and I don't know why. But the name is definitely familiar. Um, but what are some of the things that he's responsible for? So he he was known as just sort of like the fixer, like any deals that were off or not right, people couldn't come to conclusions, he would go in and fix them. He was mm-hmm. literally, he built his whole career off of doing favors for people, which will preach in itself. Mm. His whole career was built off of just fixing stuff. Like he didn't even ever have like a title. Wow. Like he didn't, you know what I mean? Like he, it's like he just stumbled into it. And so literally his, he did favors for a lot of big people, fixed deals. There were times when people would be like, all right, you know, he would look over somebody's contract. I remember Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, they were producing, mm. I think, uh, Janet's Control album. Yeah. And they were like, all right, here's what we requested, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I got a problem with the budget. And they're like, oh, we, I mean, we can go down, you know, we can go down. It's not a problem. He's like, no it's not enough. And he's like, you guys got, you know, you guys got to get to you got flights, you got food, you got transportation, you know, you guys are going to be working in the studio, this and that. And they're like, Oh yeah, I guess you're, you're right. So he went back in the room and got them a gang more money to be able to, wow. to work and do this and that things That's like okay. that. You know what I mean? And so he worked for this executive out in New York who was like, Hey, I need you to go to LA and fix some deals for me this and that find a house and so he gets to la and this is like the 70s and -hmm. he's like oh okay well i'm hearing from everybody that you know they need to i need to look in baldwin hills or you know view park up there because you know that's where black that's where the black people live i guess black people we we can't live in beverly hills so i gotta look over here so dude calls him a week later. He's like, hey, have you found a house yet? And he's like, no, not yet. And he's like, well, where have you been looking? 
And he was like, oh, Baldwin Hills, that area. He's like, why are you looking there? Why not Beverly Hills? And he was like, well, I, I'm black. I, I'm not allowed to live there. And he was like, go to Beverly Hills and find a house. He's like, okay. Found a house, and he was living in Beverly Hills. Wow. You know, dude paid for the house. He was like, just pay me back. You know, it, I'm buying the house, you know, for you, but just pay me back. That's His mentor ends up dying a few years later. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was in his will. His lawyer called him like maybe a couple of weeks after he died and was like, Hey, is this Clarence Savon? He's like, yeah. And he was just like, your debt is paid. And then hung up the phone. No. Yeah. It was wow. in the dude's, you know, like that was one of his requests, like, you know? And so with all of that, he said this thing, I don't even think he meant it for it to be like a quote or for a thing, but it spoke volumes to me. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, I don't have problems. I have friends. Mm-hmm. And that spoke to me because it's like, yo, once you see his life, really, if he ever got into any situation, one phone call fixed everything. Yeah. When I hear people say your network is your net worth, it's so true. To be able to pick up the phone and say, I got a problem. That's okay. I know this person. Clear it right up. I love that. Or I know this person you can take care of this. I need somebody to blah, blah, blah. So, okay, cool. I got five people. Let me call. You know what I mean? To be able to call somebody and who can fix anything and to have, you know, that spoke volumes to me. So if I were to leave something, it would be the quote, I don't have problems. I have friends. And to say, build your network. And outside of your own business, outside of whatever it is, like build your network of everybody, doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. hairstylists, whoever, mechanics, yes. you know what I mean? And also treat any and everybody the same. Because mm-hmm. especially living here, you could be standing at a red light waiting across the street, standing next to a multi-billionaire mm-hmm. who could be the CEO of a company you have no idea who you're standing next to or who's watching you. So be kind and respectful to everybody, no matter if it's the janitor or the CEO. Because a lot of times the janitors, small story. I was in a barbershop a few weeks ago. There was a guy who walked past the barbershop um, who pulled up in like a Bentley and my barber stopped, went out to talk to him and then came back. He was like, yo, that guy out there, he used to be the janitor at the school and now he runs the whole district. Wow. He's like, I so I love know. talking to him, you know, and this and that, but he started off the janitor cleaning toilets, mopping the floors. Now he runs the entire district. Amazing. So amazing. This yeah. has been inspiring, insightful, exciting. I'm going to go, watch the um the documentary I, I love documentaries too so i don't know why i've been slacking on that one but i'm gonna i'm gonna get in, into it because i love stories like that and that's literally the basis or why i keep doing this um podcast because everybody's story is incredibly inspiring no matter what where you are in your career so thank you thank you again for sharing with us. Um, if anyone's listening, you want to be on the show, hit me up. We want to 
Um, we want to hear from you. Rob, what was the name of the documentary, The Black Godfather? Mm-hmm. On Netflix. Okay, perfect. Um, so thank you for being our guest. And I haven't looked at any of these comments. I'm so sorry. I don't know if anybody said anything. The, there was talk uh, of a breakfast burrito questions. earlier. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I don't think it's not letting me scroll through some of the comments, but uh, I mean, if anybody has questions or anything, yeah, we can DJ. Definitely. I see that Joe's on here. That's my guy. That's DJ my was talking back home. Yeah, yeah, he was talking Joe, about amazing artist. About the uh, breakfast burritos. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty third Street near downtown where I used to live. Amazing breakfast burritos. I love it. Well, guys, um, uh, Rob, I want to give you an opportunity to let people know how they can follow you, support you. you have any projects coming up or anything that you want people to support you on? Yeah, um, feel free to follow me at RobG317. Um, and we have to connect, too, because there's another business I'm building that I think, uh, you know, you might be able to assist me in. But... Um, yeah, at RobG317, hit me up. Any questions, you want to connect, Bill? I'm open. Awesome. You guys have a great week. We will be back next week with another phenomenal story. Thank you again, Rob, and y'all follow Rob. And have a good night. We'll see you soon. Bye.